So here again, now you could take that and say, well, that was just a bad resume. Now, this happened too many times right. with too many different people. Right. Right. Um, you you begin to realize at some point this is a system issue. Yeah. Right. And the system issue is the American healthcare system cranks volume because volume makes money. Yeah. And the problem with volume is when I'm cranking as much volume as I possibly can, I can't be as thorough and detailed as I need to be to do good work. Welcome back to Dear Healthcare, It's You. Welcome back to our podcast with Dr. Elisha Yagmai, the founder of Free State Healthcare Clinic in Wichita, Kansas. Elisha, thanks for being here. We were talking last time about your medical journey still and kind of talking about why you are jaded a bit about the healthcare industry <laughs> and uh, why you care to talk about these things and help people be more informed. And so we're going through your journey. Where we've left off is that you told us that you started a residency here in Wichita, Kansas right. with Via Christi. Mm -hmm. And that uh, after one year mm -hmm. of that residency, you changed residencies. Right. What happened? Why did you change residencies? You know, I mentioned, I think last time that the, the culture was different. Mm. Uh, so the irony actually was that to some degree, that culture actually is what led to the change. So the very first thing was that in, in Via Christi at that time, we had uh, a noon conference, basically. So you would you would go in if you're on an inpatient rotation, and really anywhere, you would uh, go in and do whatever you were doing, and then we'd have a break for a teaching session. Oh, okay. Uh, that would for all the residents of uh -huh. the yeah, or at least all, certainly all the residents on the inpatient rotation. I've forgotten okay. if everybody came or not, but I, a lot of people would come. Side question. Yeah. Uh, how many hosp I mean, how many residents would there be at given point in a hospital like so, Christie? Well, there were I don't know how many were there Ish. a year? Twenty a year, maybe. Okay. So okay. times three. Size, years. That's a pretty yeah sizable, sizable cohort. Yeah, like, okay. I might be a little off on the numbers, but it's in that ballpark. Yeah. Okay. You know, and people people came to the Via Christie from from across the country, so it was, it was a okay. good mix of people from all over, right? Yeah. That came in, um, and I would say that most of the people that came in had a similar motivation in terms of they were thinking about international health. They had an international fellowship oh, that they started, I think, the year. Actually, no, they had just started. They had just started actually, the year before I started. Actually, if I recall correctly, that was one of the things that really attracted me to it. And the international I, fellowship was mean you were you would finish your regular family medicine and then you would actually go work internationally. Oh, okay. Right in an underserved setting to gain more skills in that environment. That they kind of hook you up with the exactly. slot for. Yeah, that's okay. right. So they had they had faculty that had worked in those environments, right? Oh, okay. That had set up a, a program where you could go over and do firsthand hands-on training. Okay. In those places, so a lot of the people that were coming in had that. Motivation. So, but the 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 noon conferences at that time were were taught uh, by a local uh, nephrology doctor. Actually, um, what is nephrology? Uh, kidney kidney specialist. Oh, okay. right? So, uh, so he was internal medicine who had done who had done a fellowship in in nephrology. Okay. Right? Uh, so, study of kidney, and he would teach the basically the inpatient teaching session pretty almost every day. Every day you would have this noon. Well, at least session. during the week, right? So okay. Monday through Friday, okay. at least you'd have this conference, right? And he would come in and teach. And and what she would do typically is is uh, the residents would present a case or two or whatever. Right. Mm. And then he would go through and help you break it down. Gotcha. So he'd break it down into, you know, how, how, what did you do? Why did you do this? Did you do the right thing for the wrong reason? Did you do the wrong thing for the right reason? Right. What was the outcome? How else could you have done this? Right. But the, the, the common denominator in all of it was that this doc really liked medicine. Oh, okay. That's the best way I can describe it. He he wasn't there because I don't you know I don't know he wasn't there uh, like in other words this was not a this was not an academic medical center in that sense right yeah um, he wasn't there because his department had had told him he had to be there oh, right interesting. He, he, you know he had to do a certain he amount enjoyed, of time doing yeah. this before he could go off and do what he really wanted to do yeah he just liked teaching and he liked hmm. medicine 
And that attitude, at least for me, was infectious. Yeah. Right. Because for the first time, I'm seeing somebody that like he just really likes this stuff. Like he right. just he just nerds out on it all the time, right? Well, because I imagine yeah. that there's more like curiosity involved yes. with somebody like that, more yes. compassion, more yes. a lot of those kind of human factors that could be easy to sterilize through. That was school. precisely it. So yeah. he had retained that. I don't know how he did it, but he retained it yeah. through his training, and came in just excited, like it was just interesting hmm. so hearing him break down the case was interesting and and you know even if you did something that was wrong right the way he had of of walking you through the point was not you know you're such an idiot for doing right. this right the point was okay you did a thing it was wrong it was a learning environment let's understand why it was yeah. wrong right yeah. so that the next time you don't do it that way right, right. <laughs> you know what to do to get it right this was this was the attitude that hmm. he approached this with and that was uh, was excellent. Yeah, that was excellent. Um, Sounds like a really refreshing, like classroom setting versus much. what you've been having. Very, prior. very much. Yeah, it, it really was. Yeah. So what that the result of that was some inspiration to say, you know what, okay. I, I like this doc, and I would like to be like him. Right. Yeah. In this respect, I would like to be like him. I would like to know my area as well yeah. as he does. I'd like to be excited about it. Hmm. Right. I'd like to enjoy digging into the details of the, you know, the, the, the science behind this. Yeah. Um, and so that, uh, you know, that had a very prominent effect. Yeah. Had a very prominent effect. On just you or do you feel like that was like throughout the class? I think it, I think it had an effect on many people, but it yeah. was variable. Some people yeah. responded really well to it. Other people had other priorities, just right. other, other motivations, whatever it was, right? Um, and your personality type, it sounds like, you know, that's something that you'd already identified that you'd been lacking yes. throughout this journey yes. and wanting, yeah. especially after that family practice for the two weeks right. and you kind of, right. you know, that was the taste of yeah. freedom. But then now it's like another piece where you're finding mm -hmm. some more of the bedside manner, that compassion, that why. Yeah. Maybe. It's that, I mean, I, I would describe it if you use athletic terms, right? It's like finding, it's like finding a good coach, mm -hmm. right? Presumably you're playing the sport because you like the sport, right? Right. But boy, is it helpful if you can find someone that has been there before you. Yeah and can help you learn faster, right? It can help right. you gain more skill, can help you avoid making the mistakes that they right. may have made, right? The, that's, that's how I would describe it. So that, that was a very inspiring experience. It was a very mm -hmm. inspiring time. The, the flip side of that was that I began to dig into my cases more. That's how I describe okay. it. I began to dig into my cases more. And, and I, I saw a couple things. One was I realized how sloppy, in general, the system of healthcare delivery really was. What do you mean by that? So I wouldn't just, like if a patient, so what I, what I would do, for example, is that when I was on call, I would come on call with, at this point, most of these references were not digital. Right? Mm -hmm. So I had a bag of books. Right. Like textbooks. Yeah. That I brought on every call. I'm sure we're very <laughs> Right. So, and very heavy. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if I got called on an admission, I would sit down and read the chapter on whatever I thought the condition was uh -huh. before I went into the room. Oh, just from the nurse's intake notes? So like if the ER doctor called and said, I have... I think I have such and such a case, oh, okay. right? I would I would read every, everything I had in those textbooks. I would read it all. If there was an online resource, I'd read that too. Right? Yeah. Now this is thoroughly inefficient, right? Right. Because <laughs> what you're supposed no to do. No wonder it takes so long for doctors <laughs> no, to get in the room. Was, right? <laughs> so I would read all that stuff. I would go in and see the patient. Yeah. Uh, and then I would, of course, and then sometimes what you got from the ER wasn't accurate, right? So then right. I would go in and say, like, oh, okay, I came in here prepared to talk about whatever it was, 
and this is completely wrong, right? right. So now I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go learn about so, this totally different thing that I would. Would this be a about. different day, like, or let you re-see them, or this? No, is no, like, no, no. How, this would be so. Like, you're, let's happening? just say you're on call at night, yeah. right? And they call you. Uh, the patient gets admitted from the hospital. They're brought up, right? So I would sit there and I would read, and then I would go in after I had read about their thing. I'd go in and talk yeah. to them for however long that took, and then I would come out and read some more, and then okay. I would write their orders, right? Okay. This is all as an intern. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I, I mentioned at some point ago, you know, medicine ultimately, right, is, is about rapid sequence pattern recognition. Mm -hmm. You have to build that over time. Well, yeah. the problem is that you don't have that. Right. So how do you build it? Right. Because you get fast because you know things, but right. you only know things by having learned them and then applied them and then applied them again and then read that algorithm again and then read it again. Right. And then applied it for the 14th time. Right. And then it starts to... It starts to imprint on you, right. but you have to go through that process, right? And it's different for each type of case. And then each or... time, then this one comes in, it's a little variation. Yeah. So it's it's like that other one, but then there's this part that's a little bit different. And then you got to figure out, well, how do I navigate that variation from the theme? And then how do I navigate that variation? And right. you do it over time. Eventually, you get to the point where you've seen most of the variations most of the time. Right. So you pretty much know what to do, right? You still get occasional ones that are off off the normal, right? Yeah. But, but you build that. But to do that, you have to you have to build that capacity, right. which is time consuming. Right? right. So so the and this was this is one of the interesting parts. So the culture in that aspect of the program was very work focused, okay. meaning we want you to get through with stuff as fast as possible. Right. And and this was in this and I think other programs as well. There was a word that was commonly used, which was efficiency. Yeah. Right. So efficiency, what it really meant was speed. Right. How fast did you see all your patients and crank out your notes? Yeah. Right. Not actual efficiency. Nobody whether cared. it's well done. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly it, right? So real efficiency is you do it fast and well. Right. <laughs> like how fast can you do it well? Like, <laughs> but medical training efficiency was how, how fast. fast. Yeah. Period, right? Yeah. So this was that was a fundamental problem because I realized at this point, okay, to do this right, I can't do it fast. Right. I don't I don't auto know enough of this stuff, right? Yeah. To just be able to walk into the room and and break down your history just from talking to you and know exactly what it, I know exactly what your condition is, right. right? These are all things I could do now, you know, more than a decade right, out, yeah. but I couldn't do it then, that time, yeah. right? So I had to go through the time. So I had to have an interview with you. I had to ask you questions, mm -hmm. and then I'd have to go read about it, and then I may have to come back and ask you more questions because I forgot to ask you some questions right. last While time. While that right? patient's because, still in the room, exactly because yeah, you're, you're yeah. still there, right? And before you know, I'm writing your orders, and then I realize, oh, you know what? To write this order, I need to know this other piece of information which I forgot to ask, which right. I didn't even know to ask last time because I wasn't considering this condition. You know, when I went in and talked to them, the history right. that they gave me was very different than what the ER doctor told me. Right. So now I really have to change gears completely, which means I need to go actually think about this other condition. And then I need to ask all the sub questions that help me, you know, fully uh, lay this out properly. Right. So it was impossible in that context to be fast and good. Yeah. You could be slow and good, but you couldn't be fast and good. Yeah. But one of the first things I saw was the culture was fast. Mm -hmm. Fast, 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 fast. The, the second problem was that Again, to a large degree inspired by the, the doc that was teaching us, I began to really dig into the charts. So this was the beginning mm. of the electronic medical record, for example. Oh, okay. Very, very beginning. They had their yeah. own record that they'd had built by a local company, right? Oh, okay. So the, the, the problem, the EMRs are terrible for so many reasons, but one of the things that they do do is store information. VMR is the virtual yeah, sorry, electronic medical, medical record. Elect electronic oh, yeah, medical yeah. record. So what we were doing, and this was true for a lot of my residency, was we were handwriting notes. Right. Right. 
you'd handwrite notes. The labs would be in the, mm-hmm. in the physical chart, right? You'd go flip yeah. through the page and note some stuff down, and you'd go write a, write a note. And past it's history quicker. would just be whatever's from that hospital. Exactly. Whatever right? you had in yeah. the hospital stay, whatever yeah. the patient could remember, whatever you happen to know about them is right. what it was. But this was beginning to change at that time, right? Okay. So the electronic record, for example, had didn't have all the notes necessarily, but it had the data. Right. So old studies, old imaging okay. studies, old labs, some, sometimes old labs are in there, right? These other things were there. Okay. The culture was, you come in and talk to me about whatever, crank, 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 right. crank, crank, just get it through, yeah, whatever, okay, it's right in front of me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll give you a good example. There was a case I had where this guy kept getting admitted for low potassium. Hmm. And every single time, every, and I know this because I went and read his entire chart, right. every single time he would come in, they would say, you have low potassium, they would give him some potassium supplements and they would discharge him. So what was going on? That was the thing, right? So why does he have that question was never being asked. Huh. No one was asking why does this Including guy Including the coming? patient? Well the patient so the patient this particular patient had some psychiatric issues, so he oh, wasn't so able, not to, able to he wasn't really able to advocate yeah. for himself, right? Yeah. But he kept coming with a low potassium over and over and it was just Which how many times until somebody at the hospital goes, Okay, why? <laughs> well the answer was a lot of times yeah. and the answer before was nobody asked, right? Wow. Nobody asked. So so I get this guy, right? And I and I take the so I'm doing my thing, right? I'm like, okay, yeah. low potassium. Well, let me read about low potassium, right? This right, is my approach, right, right. right? Let me read about all the things that cause low yeah. potassium, right? So let me read that, and then let me see how it correlates to this 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 person, right? When I go see him, right? And then as part of that, I would also do this intensive review of the electronic record, right? And so I go back and see well, this guy's been hospitalized like eight times in wow. the past year for low potassium. It was something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't see a single bit of workup. No one has done any workup on him see. for anything. Wow. He's just getting discharged and cycling again back and in again. and discharged and more potassium and discharged, wow. right? <laughs> so, yeah. So this was, this was the issue, right? There was another one huh. where uh, the patient had had had, had an echocardiogram. So they'd had an mm. ultrasound of their heart in the previous hospital. Well, no, it was like maybe a few months before. Okay. So I, I can't remember now why she was rehospitalized. Yeah. Same but, hospital though? Same hospital. Okay, same okay. hospital. So as I'm going through, I go, I go through and, and I, I had a habit at that point of just, I would read anything I could find on them. Right? Yeah. I'd go back. Uh, and to this day, I still do that because you would be amazed what you find in the imaging that nobody has come to. Right. So I go through and they're like, uh, oh, yeah, there's this, you know, possible mass, you know, floating around, you know, in the atria, one of the chambers of her yeah. heart. Uh, so I read this. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like a blood clot? Well, this, you, there are a lot of pos- there's a lot of possibilities okay. for what that okay. is, right? One of which is a tumor, right? And oh, okay. blood clot is another okay. one. There are several different possibilities. Different what types could, what of could, mass that it could be. What could have been happening, right? Okay. But the point was that this was flagged on the, on the echocardiogram. Yeah. So I read that and say, well, that's interesting. You know, it was a few months ago. I wonder what that is. Patient didn't mention it to me, right? So mm-hmm. I go talk to the patient and say, well, you know, what uh, what was that about? And she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Nobody told me, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. So oh, wow. you know, so then I try to go, I try to go find old records, and yeah. I realize there nobody mentioned it. It wasn't mentioned in any available documentation. The patient has never heard of it. So she you just was, saw it in the actual scan. Just in it was just no, it was in, mentioned in, in a report. So it did get written somewhere. It was put in a report, but yeah, 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 but it never, but it never got, mentioned to her. It, ne, to, to the patient, it never made it into her chart anywhere. Yeah. The diagnosis was nowhere. There was no referral to anybody to look into what this thing even could be. There was no follow-up testing or imaging done. There huh. was nothing, nothing done. It was just a complete miss. Huh. It was just a complete miss, right? And so I was like, this... Uh, this is bad, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. To start off, it's bad. <laughs> right, it's bad. Um, and you know, so 
in, in both cases, right? So we ended up doing more testing and trying yeah. to find the reason and got more people involved, right? And, and, and did things to try to right the situation. But my point in telling you that and many other stories like it was that I realized, okay, we have a, we have a problem here. Mm-hmm. One of the problems is we value cranking out work right. over the quality of the work. Mm-hmm. Even at the level of, of a resident, right, a trainee, right, and that program is not the only one that does that. Yeah, it's to this day not the only one that does that, right. The problem with it was that they were treating the resident as sort of a means to crank patient visits, volume, whatever the case was, right, right, with less concern about is this person actually coming out of this as a good doctor, right? Like fundamentally, are they coming out of it as a good doctor? Well, because it's it's striking to me that like hearing you talk. And I could not, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like I have the assumption that prior to talking with you, I don't know much mm-hmm. about the medical journey yeah. of the medical school right. process. But in my mind, I'm I'm thinking you get done with medical school and yeah. starting a residency, mm-hmm. like you must have already had so many hours following yeah. these different doctors around that you have this, what did you call it, the sequence of... Yeah, the, the rapid sequence rapid pattern, sequence, pattern, pattern recognition. recognition. Yeah. yeah, where it's like, oh, this person must already have that yeah. because they're off doing it by themselves now. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, and that's just sounds like it's totally not the case. This is the actual learning ground still in a way that yes. maybe is not quite even understood on on a you know lay person's yes. level. I, you can hear again, people grasp the analogy better with athletics, right? Yeah. So it'd be like saying, I had a coach in junior high that taught me how to shoot a basketball. Right. I know the proper motion to I'm right. not gonna do it. Right. Okay. Because <laughs> like, I don't know the proper motion. <laughs> no. Right? No. I know the but proper see, motion yeah. to shoot a basketball, right? Yeah. But it'd be like saying, well, well, okay, junior higher, right? You now know how to shoot a ball a proper you know, properly. Right. So let's just put you in the NBA now. Right. Right. Not and get out there and shoot, right? right? You know, you're you're a six foot five junior higher, right? Get out there right. and shoot. Well, why can't you shoot? You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean Well the reason is because there is you hear again, we'll t- you know, take basketball, there's so much more to the game you need to understand. Understand, and right. there's a certain maturity process you need to go through, yeah. right? You're just not generally going to be able to do that, right. right? Even if you know the basics. And I would say medical school in many cases is similar. You get a basic foundation, right? For example, you don't know every answer to everything, but you have a better idea of where to look to find answers right. yeah. or who you could talk to to maybe get more insight, right? Yeah. Uh, but the process of becoming a mature clinician is a lengthy deal yeah. and it and it's not done by the end of medical school by any stretch of the imagination right. for anybody that I'm that I am aware of let's put it that way again yeah. maybe you have a you know exceptional prodigy out there that was brilliant by the end of medical school but in general that is not true right right you you come out and you're trying to now apply you learned a lot of disparate facts and things like that and equations and various things you're now trying to apply them but they're in real time and again here's the contrast going through medical school you are generally judged on your success with tests right which is but a test is, <laughs> let me give you a question prompt that's so long, and then here's five choices, right? Pick one of the five choices that's correct. The multiple, they're multiple, multiple choice, choice. They're multiple choice tests, right? School? Yeah, yeah, there's, it's oh. a, the whole thing. Because <laughs> there's the whole, too many The things whole thing to... is multiple choice, yeah. Ah, I mean, occasionally you'll get some free response type testing that huh. does go on in certain yeah. specialties, but in general, yeah. it's all the way through, all the way into medical school and through, it's multiple choice testing, right? Yeah. So the difference is that the patient doesn't come in and, t- you know, and you read a multiple choice question, right? You know that if they're mentioning or not mentioning information, right, that's relevant right, to right, what choices right. you have. The patient just comes in and tells just you, tells you- <laughs> a, a 35 minute long story, right? right? And in the process of that, you have to 
parse out of that what's important, what is not right. of any value from a medical perspective, yeah. right? Uh, what is not even true, right? <laughs> they should may tell you information. Right? Yeah. And they may, be, they may believe it, but it's yeah. also wrong, right? <laughs> or just not even having maybe right. some of the information, like you're saying, the man that had low yes. potassium, right. like, you know, if they're not able to advocate for yes. themselves, like that's, I'm there sure, is... a lot of the cases too. Also true. Like, yeah. Unable to give you any information. Yeah. So you have that. And then out of that cloud, you have to try to get yeah. to some kind an of certainty answer. and some kind of an answer, right? So it's just very, very different. than That is a skill, and it takes time to learn that skill. Right. Here again, the problem is that if, if we take people and we grind them through a work process and we say, the only thing we care about is how fast you get through this, right. they don't have the time to do the learning necessary to build out their own skill set. And what that results in down the line is a less skilled, less confident, less good physician. Right. Right. Because they don't have the time. Because they've learned how necessary. to do They've it learned fast, how to cut corners, but not right? And, well. and skip things, right? But not necessarily well. So they haven't learned yeah. how to do a deep dive into the information. They haven't learned how to think about and question the assumptions. So yeah. like one, here again, one important skill clinically is when you're working in a hospital, the ER is gonna call and give you a certain story, right? The ER story will be wrong. A significant percentage of the time. Right. It will, right? It'll be wrong. The ER's diagnosis will be wrong a certain mm -hmm. percentage of the time. If you don't think about it properly, you will accept their diagnosis as correct and just proceed down a treatment pathway, right? Mm -hmm. So, in other words, they'll call up and say, what, the diagnosis is pancreatitis. Right. Well, if this you, is like in a case where like you have a patient that's gone to the ER over the weekend or something exactly. that you're seeing yeah. later well, on. Well, let's say, like you're, working in a, let's say yeah. you're working in a hospital as a hospitalist, just yeah. for example. Yeah. Right? So the, the emergency room may call you and say, so-and-so's down here, they've got XYZ, right? They've got pancreatitis, right? You need to put them in the hospital. Okay, so one approach is, okay, it's pancreatitis, right? I know what to do about that. I know what the treatment is for pancreatitis. I'm going to get you in. I'm going to order this, 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 this. Check, 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 check. You're treated. I move on. Right. Very efficient. Mm -hmm. Efficient. efficient. Right? <laughs> the problem is, what if they don't have pancreatitis? Right. And the problem with that is, if you didn't actually analyze any of the data, you may complete. You may be completely wrong. The ER was wrong, and you have perpetuated the incorrectness hmm. because you didn't question any of it. Yeah. Because you don't have the habit of primary processing and correcting the thing. Right. Right. So you only find out that it's wrong days later when things are suddenly going sideways or the patient's not getting better right. or maybe or maybe you never get it right actually you mm -hmm. misdiagnose the patient you incorrectly treat them you give them incorrect information you discharge them home and two weeks later they bounce back to another facility in a different place where they finally get it right, right. or maybe they don't and they mess it up also and then three or four or five admissions later someone finally catches it yeah as it as it slipped through every single time because they have a history right yeah these are these are real things that happen in hospitals right. Right? i'm not just I'm not just uh, spitballing or, 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 you know, giving a hypothetical. These right, are real things. No, yeah. But but a lot of this starts with, I want you to crank out as many people as you possibly can in the time allotted. Right. Right. That being the that being main the highest priority. the highest value. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. So this was in, in in my case one of the one of the biggest problems. Right. And then another mm -hmm. another problem that existed specific to that program is that the. Uh, many of the senior residents, they were they were more focused on going out to moonlight and make extra money than yeah. they were on necessarily their in-rotation clinical responsibilities at that time. Okay. So a very common practice. Here again, people may shudder when they hear this, but this is what was going on. Yeah. So you'd be the intern, let's say you have nine patients, right? Uh, 
Uh, as an intern, that's a fair number of patients in an inpatient setting, right? Because again, yeah. you're learning, you're slow. Yeah. You're, not as, you're not as fast as you will be later. This is over like a 12-hour shift? Yeah, you've got a 12-hour yeah. shift. You've got mm -hmm. these nine patients that you're carrying up. And then you may have admissions, so it may go a little higher than yeah. that, whatever it is, right? So, the, so what the senior residents would do, like let's say it's a weekend, they would show up. They would round on, let's just say, 12 patients or 15 patients in two hours, which is, if anybody has ever known, knows anything about running, that's a blindingly fast okay. uh, duration. Right? That's, yeah. a, that's a really fast uh, way to get through rounds. And these okay. would be ICU patients. Like These would be people that had legit stuff going on. Yeah. They'd go through it in two hours. They would leave, sign out their, patient, their pager to the intern, oh. right? And leave and, and, and disappear, really? like be unreachable for the entire, yeah, for the, be unreachable. They would be unreachable because they would they would say okay, I've done I've done my duty here, which was to see these people. I did it. I got through it as fast as possible, and I'm going to go out now and go do this other job that enables me to make money, right? And then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sign up. So you, as the intern, would start getting these calls on people you've never you don't know anything about, right? So about these same ones that <laughs> yeah, they already saw because they saw them like, yeah. and then signed out on them. But then other things come up through the day. There's yeah. always questions. Oh, yeah. A test comes back. The treatment didn't family work. Family members needing family members, product. whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so you would get called and you wouldn't know anything about anything about this about this patient right and and you're then trying to figure out who they even are right right you wouldn't get any sign out in many cases like they wouldn't even tell you about the patient they would just leave this again was the culture so of the you place. wouldn't be with them while they did those rounds you the wouldn't beginning. they would go oh. off and do see they'd see their people you'd oh, see your people i see right and then you might meet to round with the attending or something at some point yeah. but in some cases they would just they would just bounce they would they would, so they do phone sign out to the attending so you weren't there for that right and then they're gone and i mean gone gone you can't reach wow. them so you know so you'd get these questions and in some cases you couldn't you could so so here here I'll give you an example. So I get this call at one point. Um, it was a weekend. I get this call saying so and so has just come back from surgery, and we want to know when we should restart their blood thinning medication. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I don't know who that is. They're like, oh, it's you no know, doctor so and so. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's, it's yeah. one of these situations where yeah. the doc saw them and, and, and pieced out. So I go read the chart, and there's there's no mention of it at all. Of the blood thinning medication? There's not even a mention of it, of, right? Oh. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what med they were on. I don't know why they were on it, which is critical yeah, in this type right. of situation. Like, why were they on it in the first place? Right. <laughs> so so I eventually figure out what they're on, but I still can't figure out why they're on it. Yeah. Right. And this was a situation where the patient had been handed between a couple of different residents, right? All of whom were just zipping through, being right, very efficient, right. right? But nobody was actually writing anything that was useful, right? Yeah. In terms of information for an outsider to read to understand what's happening with the patient. Right. The patient doesn't know. Nurse doesn't know, right? So what they I only know that there is medication that they're supposed to have, <laughs> right. but like not. So I couldn't reach. I couldn't reach the person that had rounded that day, at all. So then I. So then I went back to the chart and found the people that had seen the person before they had handed off to this person. Okay. I called some of them, and in the end, nobody knew. No really? one. No one knew. Yeah, one person knew that they were on a blood thinner at least. <laughs> so, so that got thrown in the mix somewhere, some but then with no context. But nobody but... actually knew why they were on it or what they're supposed to do. So here again, now I'm sitting here as the intern. Yeah, I'm the person that knows the least in this entire group of people, right? Of all these and people, I'm like, you've I now need to decide down. whether I start your blood thinner or not. I don't, you know. Um, well, you know. Wow. So, so my response to that is, well, let me go do some reading. Right. Because, <laughs> right. like, at this point, do you even know like how soon after surgery? No, you this is the thing, like, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't know that. That was not an issue that had come up before, right? Like, so, you're so, still yeah. trying to answer the questions right. of like, okay, why do they need the blood thinner? Yes, <laughs> like, right. do they do they need the blood thinner? Right. And then you have to figure out all the right. other pieces of. And then when do you restart? Yeah. It, which depends right. on what surgery they had and what was the reason right. for being on it and you know what other medications are on all kinds sure, of other things the, yeah, right all those factors this was this was a, a you know this was the type of thing that went on all the time like all the time wow. and so in that in that context uh while all that was going on 
So here again, we go back to the point of this was to describe how I got disenchanted right. in medicine. Yeah. So I'm here saying we are not doing our best work here. Because you got enchanted by medicine. Yes, honestly. Exactly. It's really what yes, happened. And that's then correct. you got disenchanted. That's you know, correct. Disenchanted with the structure that yes. we put medicine in. That's 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 precisely it. Because yeah. on the one hand, I'm like, I really like this. Yeah. Like I really like. It. I enjoy learning it. I I love reading about it. I like thinking about it. I'm, I'm reading stuff. I don't. Nobody's requiring me to read anything. Right. I just read it because it's awesome and I want to learn. Right. Yeah. You're following curiosity, which is always a. I mean, that's, that's yes. a good point. That's a good indicator of that you're doing something that's worthwhile for you. I mean, honestly. In that sense, right? In the other sense, then you go see how it's being executed on a day-by-day -day basis. Right. And it's like, this is just, Total. this is just sloppy. Like, and, and I want to differentiate here. This is not just like somebody made a mistake. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody in medicine can make a mistake. Right. You can make, you can, like we mentioned before, you can make the right call for the wrong reasons. You can make the wrong call for the right reasons. Right. These things can happen, and that's not the issue. The issue is when we are sloppy. Right. Meaning the information was there. We just didn't seem, we didn't seem to find the time to right. just go read it. Right. Well, because it's like, I mean, it, it really sounds like it boils down to investigation. Like, yes. You know, and it's like if you're a cop and you walk up to what appears to be a suicide right. and... You know, it may be or it may not be, but you don't do the due diligence of right. going through. You just go, yeah, it's a suicide. You know, it's like mm -hmm. something maybe seems obvious. Maybe it seems like a science infection, but if yes. you're not given the time or the wherewithal to actually investigate right. like you need to, yes. then, I mean, that's a totally different scenario. So to, to that point, right, here's, here's again what I mean. So I had a patient. This is, again, as an intern. I come in in the morning, and it says... Patient, patient came to the hospital because she reported a differential in the size of her breasts. She thought mm. one breast was more swollen than the other. Yeah. I asked the night resident, well, you know, what do you think? Ah, she's crazy. She's just crazy. I said, okay, well, I mean, how, how do her breasts look? Like, are, is there a difference? I don't know. I didn't check. She's crazy, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> really, truly. Like, that, that was the actual response. I didn't even check. I just, she's wow. just nuts, right? So Which, you know, like that, honestly, that's yes. one of people, I think, a lot of people's number one fear and frustration yes. with healthcare is right. not being believed. The issue was when you went and talked to this lady, right? She did have some mental health mental, issues. Yeah. She did. But yeah. she was able to speak to you. She could describe her symptoms perfectly fine. Right. Yes, she tended to go off on tangents and sure. you know, had some exotic beliefs. But this is a person sitting in front of you. They're telling you they have a problem. They can tell you how they have the problem. They can describe it to you. Well, fine. Right. And all you have to do is take them at their word and check. Right. So you know what I did that morning? I took her at her word and I checked. And you know what? She was right. Yeah. And you know what? Then we did some investigation and we found, oh yeah, yeah, she had a real problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> she had a real problem. There was a diagnosis that needed to be made. The owner of this body right. actually knew what was going <laughs> right, on with right. this body. What? I mean, and as mind-blowing as that yeah. is, right? Uh, that, that approach was distressingly common. It was yeah. distressingly common. But mm -hmm. at the heart of it, so here again, now you could take that and say, well, that was just a bad resident. Now, this happened too many times right. with too many different people. Right. Right. Um, you, you begin to realize at some point this is a system issue. Yeah. Right. And the system issue is the American healthcare system cranks volume because volume makes money. Yeah. And the problem with volume is when I'm cranking as much volume as I possibly can, I can't be as thorough and detailed as I need to be to do good work. Right. Right. And the other problem is, on the one hand, you've asked me to crank volume. 
-hmm. On the other hand, you've given me very suboptimal tools to work with. Right. What I mean is you haven't, for example, given me a medical record system that has all their information in it. Right. Which we're working on now, and right, right. and vaguely, should, right. Va yeah, yes. I know. I it's just for the other day had my first time ever actually <laughs> arriving at a doctor that I regularly go to, yeah. and they handed me an iPad and it had all my stuff already in there, and I yes. was like, "Yes, oh yeah, it's all the same." Like, <laughs> like that was literally last week, and that was the first time in my thirty-three years that that's happened. So, like, we're working on that part. It sounds yes. like, but barely. Uh, yeah. And so you you mentioned that you did change your residencies. Mm -hmm. yeah. I want to talk about that next mm -hmm. time. We're kind of running out of time this right. week, but yeah. um, next week I'd like to talk about some of that change of residencies and kind yeah. of what the change looks like mm -hmm. from you. It sounded like you really found your passion mm -hmm. in this residency year here mm -hmm. in Wichita via Christie. Um, and what was the doctor's name that was the one that would do the noon conferences? The yeah. His name is Johnny Musa. And so, I mean, it yep. sounds like Johnny Musa really brought that out for you of that curiosity, yes. that joy, mm -hmm. that like investigative, yep. you know, side of it that mm -hmm. I'm sure is part of what makes you so tenacious with what you do, <laughs> because I see that in everything that you've shared so far. It's like you have thought about it in those investigative ways mm -hmm. where you're not just asking questions about the healthcare system. You're asking, why is it that way? The mm -hmm. same way that you would ask a patient like, you know not just what we need to do about your low potassium now, but why is it that way? Mm -hmm. So thanks for being here. Thanks for your curiosity. And we'll pick up next time on the last bit of your residency and how you kind of started off into the real world as a doctor. Sounds good. Awesome, thanks. thanks.